Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leoni, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders, and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation, and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today is really a big, big pleasure because Miles is coming back to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. And this is something I really like and I really enjoy to keep the discussion, to keep the relationship with all these experts outside, thought leader and friends on customer experience, and that they are coming back and we find always a new topic to discuss. Hi, Miles. How are you? I'm great, Greg. Thanks so much for inviting me back. I'm, I'm really excited. I really enjoyed the last conversation and I've been following the conversation you've been having with some other experts too, which have been great. So thank you for what you're doing for CX. Thank you very much. It's, it's really a great pleasure. And I think, and I am always uh, stating that I love the CX community and therefore it's really a pleasure to have experts, thought leaders on, uh, on my podcast and in particular you because we are working or we are connected since years now. You helped me a lot to grow my knowledge, to, to grow as a person and therefore I am also happy to give back something to you but also to the audience because I am quite sure that we are going to discuss a great topic holistic experiences but before we discuss about that let's start with the usual question miles could you please introduce yourself sure thanks greg uh, so i'm miles courtney thomas um, i'm the founder of customer start limited i've been i've spent the last 10 to 15 years working in leadership positions in customer service and experience um, in both non-for-profit and profit sectors um, so that that's led me to where i am today my my background is in psychology and um technology as well. Um, and that's given me sort of a, a, quite a, a good blend of skills to help build customer understanding. Um, aside from that, I'm just a relatively normal guy, married with three, three daughters, um, which keep me very, very busy. <laughs> Do you have time to sleep? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> uh, joke, joke aside, I think you did a lot for the customer experience community. You are doing a lot and you decided to move uh, to, a, to another job and um, being an entrepreneur and i think really this this would be a great opportunity also for the company outside to have the opportunity to speak with you to engage with you and to create value for the customers and mentioning the the word value i think it's also important to learn a bit more about you and therefore which values drives you in life I think uh, I think fa family drives my life ultimately, and um, when I think about my my daughters and growing up in the world and what the future holds for them, um, I want to make sure that they have the best experience they can in their lives. Um, and whilst I can do that, you know, directly with them, I also want to help uh, ensure that experiences more generally are better for people across the world. Um, and in within the sphere of influence I have. That is where I can help because I can go out to companies and I can help them improve the customer experiences. Now, the reason for that is because, you know, there, there's enough challenges in life already, you know, really hard challenges that people have faced day in, day out. And, you know, when you're having a bad day or you've got your own issues, you don't want to be having a, a fight with a company to get something simple, simple achieved. So the, the more we can do to streamline, simplify, reduce the level of effort and actually make customers feel valued is, is just good for society as a whole, I think. You know, customers, uh, sorry, companies um, traditionally, let's, let's talk pre-pandemic, 
Um, I think they consider themselves to be somewhat separate from society. Um, but I think within the uh, pandemic, um, they came to the realization that, in fact, you know, they're not separate. They are an integral part of society and they have things that they can do for the greater good. Thank you, Miles. I think it's, it's a great introduction. And also now we can start the game because we know uh, you a bit better. And uh, starting the game, um, the question is, we are going to discuss about holistic experiences. What is an holistic experience? <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a question I get asked a lot because it's not a, uh, you know, a really broadly uh, used term, holistic or eclectic, actually, uh, somewhat interchangeable. Um, but I, I wrote about this in the chapter as well for Customer Experience 3, um, where it's about trying to build a, a more holistic understanding of the customer and their needs outside maybe the direct interactions they have with your company. Um, and I used a couple of examples there, and I, I used... Um, um, you know, people living in social housing. Um, it's not just about providing a house for, for these people, um, which is really important, but it's understanding other frustrations or other frictions that may exist within their lives that can be applied to within the social housing sector. For example, um, you know, effective budget management uh, is, a, is a key skill for people who are earning a lot less or on benefits. And so, you know, some of these housing associations now are thinking, you know, this is where we can provide added value to our customers who are living in our social housing to um, improve the quality of their lives. So that's what the holistic experience tries to do. It, it takes it outside the direct chain of interactions and tries to understand the customer in a more holistic sense. Now, when I talk about the holistic experience model, that's, that's really designed to look uh, even more broadly than just the customer, but the company as a whole as well. Uh, thank you very much. And, uh, it, it's clear because uh, in the society, we have different businesses and they are part of our real life and we are interacting with, with them. You're speaking or you mentioned a model. Would you like, could you please share that with us? Sure, absolutely. So when I started Customer Start, I was uh, really um, thinking a lot about uh, how much information there is out there about CX. And it's overwhelming, actually. And I'm trying to distill it in a way that... Um, predominantly small and medium enterprises can benefit from it because customer experience has typically been something that, you know, the big companies can afford to do and they can bring in all sorts of specialists uh, and everything else that goes along with it. So the, the holistic experience model um, looks across the experiences for everyone within the company and without the company. Um, so the five points within that model are, are number one is customer experience strategy. Of course, you've got to understand who you are as a company, what your why is, and you've got to really think in, in great deal, a great de detail, how you want your company to be perceived by your customers. Now, you know, there's not a huge amount of difference between how we build relationships with other people and how we build relationships with companies. There are some similarities there in how that works. So that's a big part of it. Number one is customer experience strategy. Um, then we look at leadership and culture. Now, what I advocate there is that um, leaders take a both customer-centric and servant leadership approach to the way that they operate. Now, servant leadership is, is fantastic. I mean, it really does align very, very well with both customer centricity and the building of the culture. So that's number two. Um, number three is customer intelligence. Um, so that talks about, um, you know, how do you start to build understanding of your customers, their needs, and what their objectives are, because that's what it's all about, helping them achieve their goals in the quickest, simplest, easiest way, in a way that builds advocacy and trust. 
Um, so there's a lot within the customer intelligence area. I mean, it's it's about uh, use of CRM systems, ticketing systems, knowledge base, um, uh, you know, engagement with customers through uh, drip-fed content that's uh, just in time, um, and uh, research as well. You know, all of that stuff sits in there. And then, of course, we've got two other areas. One is employee empowerment and experience. Um, and you can see that these things all link together in a sort of, you know, natural organism, really. And then finally, and one I've called out specifically is around the service experience, um, which you don't always see in these models. But, it, you know, when you think about just the pure volume of interactions that the customer has with a company, the vast majority of those are going to be service interactions. Now, service interactions are not just the customer service team. It could be the sales team. It could be the marketing team. It could be any of those teams. And all of those interactions um are hugely important because they build up a picture of what the company is and it needs to be consistent. So those are the five areas of the model. Um, and what we've done is we've developed a maturity scale um, that sits alongside those, um, going from reactive to what we've called golden thread. Now, the names may change. It's going to be launching in the next few days. Everything's moving around very quickly. Um, but what we have is a free um, maturity assessment tool that's going to be launched on the website and on LinkedIn in a few days that allows any company of any size um, to go through uh, a relatively quick assessment that provides indications of where the strengths and opportunities may lie. Thank you, Miles. Uh, one technical answer first. You are saying in a few days. We are recording now. It's uh, May the 12th. It means when we are going to publish that, you can find that on the Miles webpage and happy to share in the show notes all the relevant links that you can get this assessment. Now, Brilliant. Uh, next uh, aligned to this, um, deep diving in these five topics that, that you mentioned. You mentioned that this, uh, I name it a maturity model that you can go through and understand wh where you are. But how should company proceed by doing that? Um, right. So once they've completed the assessment, it will give them an instant PDF record of how they fared in different areas with commentary based upon their scores. Now, what they can do, should they choose to, they, they can go away and, and look at how they can improve that. They can come and chat to me directly um, through my company if they want to learn more about how we can help. Now, of course, you know, we will we will do our best to help any company of any size. But I'd say what we're really trying to do is make them the maximum um, value difference for companies. And to that extent, we're looking to do um, small to medium enterprises, but equally some pro bono work for charity or non-for-profit organizations. Uh, it's, uh, I think that's that's great. And I, I really like that, that you are saying that. Coming back to your five pillars or five um, points, um, I think, in which one do you, do you see the biggest potential? In which of those five areas? Well, um, for me, this is really about customer intelligence um, because it's in that area that you can start to build a true and holistic understanding of the customer, and that helps you to empathize with them and be compassionate to, to their needs. Um, so what that does is it helps to start the storytelling within the organization and that that you know seeds out and builds the culture to be more customer centric but it really for me at least needs to start with a, a really solid understanding of customers and their needs thank you miles and uh, perhaps also to, to to touch another area from from these five areas the, the last one the service experience because i am often speaking about service on on this um, podcast and how do you define an excellent service 
Well, I think an excellent service, there are two ways to define it, right? Because there are different types of experiences, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Sometimes a customer doesn't want to build a relationship. They just want things to be quick, efficient, and easy. And that's where, you know, self-help can come in, and it's also where AI chatbots can provide some value there. Um, so that's one part of um, explaining what a great service experience is, um, meaning that um, a customer can achieve their goals with their minimum amount of efforts and move on with their day because their lives are important. The other side of a great service experience is potentially when something's gone wrong and you want to have that really human interaction where, uh, you know, the, the agent or customer service um, uh, staff member um, truly empathizes and is compassionate to your needs and you, you feel valued. I think that's what all of it really comes down to. As a customer, you're putting your hand in your pocket, you're spending money, you know, regularly, maybe every month, whatever it is. But the, the problem today is that there's too much leaning on technology to take away the need for the human interaction. But the fact is that can never go away. I mean, um, it causes that state of cognitive dissonance, right? Where, you know, you've got a company saying, we're customer centric, we love our customers, we care about them. Um, you know, if you need help, give us a call, you call them up, they say, you're, you, you know, we value you, um, you're number 457 in the queue. Uh, we're sorry, we're unusually busy. Well, you know, it's not unusually busy because you're always busy. Um, so that's where the risk comes from. So I've talked a bit about what a great customer service experience is. It's about being able to achieve your task quickly and easily, maybe through self-help AI. Um, but equally, if you really need help, there's a human at the end that is truly compassionate and understands the customer and makes them feel valued. Thank you. And I think touching this, uh, this servicing, it's always uh, a discussion, a relationship between two human beings and therefore also touching the, your fourth area, um, employee, exp uh, employee empowerment and experiences. What's the role of, of the employees? I mean, the employees, it's, it's almost like everything's really important within the model. I guess that's why they're there. Um, but employee empowerment and experience is, is vital because they are the, the engine of any organization and how they are feeling and the, the, the nurturing that they experience, the training, um, being provided the right tools, being given a voice within the company to help uh, improve continuously. Those elements are, uh, are what are really going to drive change within a business. Leaders can only do so much, actually. Um, but if you have both working together in true synergy towards aligned goals to improve the culture of the organization and the experience of customers, that's where some of the real goal change happens. Now, the thing is, you know, it's employees that are, uh, you know, really deep down in the organization, working hard day in, day out on dealing with customer frustrations, complaints, issues, requests, um, that understand better than any leader probably will what's really going on. And it's about say, it's about flipping the org chart upside down in some, in some sense and saying, well, we need our employees to be telling us what they're seeing so that we can prioritize the right level of change that's going to add the maximum value to that continuous improvement effort. 
Thank you, Miles. And I think you already touching the second area, uh, leadership and, and culture. And you mentioned something that I think I would like to deep dive because a lot of people are speaking about, but I'm not sure, also myself, that we really understand what's, what's behind that. You mentioned servant leadership. How do you define that and why is it important? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, servant leadership is something that I've um, been interested in for many, many years. And, um, and like I said a few moments ago, it's almost like turning the org chart upside down. Um, so there's no hierarchy in that traditional sense of you will do what I, t I, I tell you to do. It's more of a conversation between staff and leadership to understand what the needs of the business are, what the needs of the employees are. And so um, both staff and leaders help to formulate the future strategy of the organization in a collaborative way. Um, once those are set, once the CX metrics are set, then the role of the servant leader really comes into focus because it's that leader's job not to do anything else but ensure his staff or her staff can be successful in the work that they are doing. So put this into different terms. Um, if you're an employee within a company, Uh, you want to feel valued as a customer does. Uh, and in order to do that, you need to ensure that your staff have uh, the right level of training, the right level of support, access to the right tools, great feedback on how they can improve. And that's what a servant leader does. They make sure their staff are successful so that they can provide the best experience to customers. Thank you, Miles. And I think we can link that also on uh, what you are offering to make the companies uh, successful. Um, we perform or companies perform this, uh, this assessment. And after uh, doing that, you already mentioned they can contact you, but in, in, how do you foresee the next steps of such a collaboration? Yeah. Um, so what we would do is we would have a discussion through the results. Now, of course, this is a relatively quick assessment. Um, there needs to be more in-depth uh, questions and conversation about maybe some specific areas. So what we've done is we've actually linked uh, a number of services, whether they be training or consulting workshops, that align to all of those areas within the model. And so you can, you can look at an a la carte approach um, if the company wanted to, um, to decide which things are going to provide the most value up front. So the way this really works is a, a company would fill in the assessments, Uh, they would look at the results, they would make contact, we'd have a chat, and then we would build a program of change based on our services to move them to the next level of maturity. So if they were at a reactive level, that means that there's very little going on in terms of CX strategy or thinking. Um, and we would look at that and we would talk them through the steps that they need to take in order to move to the aware level, uh, for example. You can't really skip levels uh, within this. Uh, it's not easy to do, at least, without a, a lot more investment. But it needs to be a bit of a journey as well. You can't just change things overnight because that actually is disruptive to culture as well. It needs to be a, we're moving in this direction. These are the things we're going to look at first, whether that be creating a customer service statement or, or looking at building you know, standard operating procedures for most, the most common types of queries. Um, so it, it's, it's very much designed to work in that vein that we understand that small and medium enterprises don't always have the time and money Uh, to put into this. So an a la carte approach can work quite well for them. I think not only time and money, but also the required skills, because at the end, uh, to drive this customer-centric transformation, you need also the skills. And, and therefore, it, it totally makes sense to get 
the best out of the market and pull out the, the experts and and get and get support from there. I think uh, it's 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 really great that that you are doing that and you will help in the transformation of this company. And now looking looking forward in ten years from now, what we are discussing about customer experience. Yeah, I think uh, I've said this, I've probably said this for the last six or seven years, actually, this particular point. But um, what I see happening in the future is something that might not be popular with everybody. But um, I see that we will all have our own personal AIs and our personal AIs will have discussions with company AIs. Um, so there was a video um, by a company that's no, no longer around. Okay, I don't think that's a reflection on how they did. They were bought by Oracle. Um, and um, there was a person who was not going to make the flight, um, and they talked to the AI, and the AI um, basically went away and, and came back with suggestions for other flights that were available and was able to charge the additional fee instantly uh, in that sense. Um, so there are going to be two major things. There's going to be... A, a focus on um, you know simplicity and ease through the use of AI that's going to happen. But what I hope happens is that that does not come at the expense of human interactions. And what I believe is going to happen is that companies are going to um, they're going to arrive at a, a, a realization of the importance of those relationships through human interactions. And the two, in an ideal world, are going to work in perfect synergy in, in the future. Yes, but I think and I hope to really see the first uh, uh, attempt that two AIs will speak together. My personal AI trying to fix my flight issue with the AI of the <laughs> of this company. It will be an interesting discussion. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> indeed. <laughs> I, I can think big, right? I can think big. No, that's right. It's it's totally makes sense, and I think this is also really interesting to to get from 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 all the expert in customer experience, this view that we can create together the future of customer experience because at the end, we are the human beings that will shape and shape the futures for our children. And therefore, it totally makes sense that we think about it. We are coming to, to the end of the game, but before um, you leave um, some questions, um, is there a book or um, that you say it's helped you during your career or during your life? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, similar to you, there's probably a lot of great books out there when it relates to CX. But what I'm going to mention is the one I'm, I'm reading currently, uh, and it's called Built to Win by Annette France. And uh, honestly, it's it's great. It, it's it's written with such clarity. And, you know, the other great thing about it is it, it seems to reflect my thinking in a lot of these areas. And that's not always a good thing that, you know, the, the thinking's the same. But uh, I would suggest anyone go out and buy a copy of that book. It, it's fantastic. I am reading reading it now, and therefore I can suggest that it's it's really a great a great book. Thank you, Miles. And if somebody would like to contact you, what's the best way? Uh, Customerstart.com or on LinkedIn. But are you the star, or the customers are the star? Oh well, it starts. Um, so um, basically, what we're saying is. Um, for small and medium enterprises, they might not have really thought about customer experience before. So it's it's making a start around thinking about customers and how you can and better work for them. Thank you very much for the explanation. And coming to 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 the end, the last question is Miles Golden Nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would leave to the audience. 
Yeah, sure. So what I've said in the past, I'm going to say what I've said in the past and then give a new one as well. So what I always say uh, for this particular part is that uh, intelligence without empathy is an empty path. Now, uh, yeah, go. You know, people should think about that because it's really, really important. But for this podcast, what I'd like to say is that, you know, if if your customers are not feeling the effects of your initiatives, then your initiatives are in the wrong place. Go back and think again. Without customers feeling that difference, your focus is in the wrong place. Thank you very much, Miles. And as usual, I am not commenting Miles' golden nugget because it's your golden nugget. The only thing that I want to say is thank you very much, Miles, for your time. Thanks, Greg. I've, I've really enjoyed it today. Thank you. And I hope also that the audience enjoyed this discussion. It was really a great discussion, a lot of learnings, thinking about strategy, leadership and culture, customer intelligence, employee empowerment and experience and the service experience. I think these are really important areas, areas that uh, we should look at. And I think Miles is a great contact if you need support in these topics. Thank you very much. Grazie mille. Arrivederci. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth, subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you.